Welcome to the 5-Year You Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself one day at a time. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kat. And we promise to keep it raw, real, and relatable. Are you ready to grow? This podcast is intended to entertain, educate, and inspire you on a personal journey towards your best self. We are in no position to give advice and are hot messes on the best of our days. Clearly, we're in no position to offer health or medical advice or really any life advice, but we want to entertain you. Just a reminder, this is not a replacement for proper medical care or therapy. If you are struggling, please seek help from a qualified health professional. Let's jump in. Today's episode is the secret of life. We're going to explore it and give you some things that we try to do when life gets challenging. And we're going to answer the age old question of what is the meaning of life? I mean, that's why I came because I thought you were going to tell me what is the secret of life. I, I didn't know you knew the secret. I'm glad I thought to know you, you knew. I, I, we, we should have <laughs> oh, talked no. about this before. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's my belief that the secret of life is love. And if you go back to the very beginning, love is the thing that unites all of us. You look at any religion, that's like the foundation is love. And it's when we get away from love that we tend to find trouble and separation from everyone else. It's actually kind of a funny story. I was traveling last week and had a very, very nice sleepover in uh, Toronto's Pearson Terminal 3 on a couple of chairs. And it's Sounds I guess, two nice. hours. It's so good. I, I am so happy I did not pay for that experience. Oh, my gosh. So I'm at literally the first person in the airport through customs going down to the States. And I'm sitting down there by the gate. It's like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, two hours sleep. I'm wiped out. And this lady comes down and she's like, is this the flight to Detroit? And I'm like, yep, that it is. And then she said, okay, uh, are you the first one? I'm like, yep. And, and I'm like, I'm two for two so far. You got anything else? And she takes a long pause. And she's like, what's the secret of life? I'm like, it's love. And I just deadpan said it to her. And she just kind of looked at me and she just slightly nodded. And she must be thinking at that point, it's, this is way too early to I have really this hope guy. other people come to the airport because it's just me and this love yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I got this love guy sitting here that's, it's you like, know. Great. Yeah. yeah. But it, it was actually kind of interesting because, you know, most people, you just popped out. Like, you, if you're going to ask the question, then kind of incapable of small talk with stuff like this. Yeah. So uh, we actually had like a very, very long conversation about about life. And it was really, really interesting. I, you know me, I like talking to new people and finding out what they're about and where they come and whatnot. Uh, and always trying to help people in their journey. It's kind of why I'm here. So the idea that it's love is so pivotal because we're in a feeling universe and it's really easy to say, yeah, like the secret is love living it. Yeah. Not so, experience. not so simple and easy. Yeah. Because I feel like our listeners are going to hear that and just be like, yeah, that's great and everything. That's something to aspire to. But what about this, 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 and this? Yeah. I totally get it. We're not perfect. And here's 
my example of like, I think it's always about noticing where you are in relation to love, love of self, love of others. And it's when you notice that you're separated from love, then you're going to really see that you're not feeling great. And I'm sure you're listening on this right now and you, you know, give yourself a scale of zero to 10 on love. Like, are you at a one where you're, you know, not really there or are you at a 10 where everything's blissful and you're happy and there's birds landing on your shoulders and singing <laughs> songs and all this stuff. So here's a, an easier example to kind of get. I was at my son's hockey game about a couple of weeks back. My son's played hockey since he was three and there was this boy who hit my kid. Now he plays in a non-contact league, so he's not supposed to do this. And he fell on his bum and uh, damaged his tailbone. We're not sure kind of what happened with tailbone. You can't really go get it checked out. You can't put your, there's no bum cast apparently. Yeah. It's just really, really painful. So you just got to kind of deal with it. So uh, I started looking at this kid and he was being dirty to everyone. I've never seen a kid play like this at this level where he's like using his stick basically as a weapon constantly. And he's, you know, he's a, a bit bigger kid. So nobody, it's hard for other kids to stand up to him because when you're the biggest one, you kind of take liberties. And so I was not feeling the secret of life being love <laughs> in that moment. All the parents are just mad for you listening oh, to the story. I'm just like, you know what it's like when somebody harms your kid. It's not good. And yeah. so I got slightly rageful. Luckily, I was sitting alone and I was trying to do some deep breathing, but it's <laughs> it was just coming because it was every time this kid would do something else to somebody else on the team. And so finally, I get the call from the coach saying like, you know, your son can't skate. He has to come off. I'm like, okay. So as I'm waiting for him to come skate down the ice, the kid is on the ice and I will admit this and I'm not proud of this, but I stared that kid down. Like I was a 13 year old on that ice with him. And I'm like, <laughs> I am, I am Damn. about 10 seconds away from putting my son's skates on, putting his Jersey back on and heading back out there and showing you how this is done. Right. Of course I wouldn't do that, but you know, so Going home with my son, like he's hurt, he's in pain. He's okay now. His butt still has a crack in it, but that's the best dad <laughs> joke I can I can have a I can do right now. Sorry, cat. I had to get you laughing at that. Bless. Anyway, so there I am, and I, and my blood is boiling for a good couple of hours, and I try to forgive, but it's it can be pretty hard when it's uh, those you love the most, those you care about, and you're they're in your care where my son and I were talking and he was livid too, because he knows he's not going to be playing for a little bit now, thanks to this, this kid and everything. Injury, yeah. And it's going over the break and everything. So it just, it sucks. And then finally, once, you know, my blood pressure returned to a normal rate, I thought about why that kid would be that way. And I kind of said to my son, you know, like we're lucky enough to have the wherewithal to think, of things a little bit bigger than ourselves right now. So let's take ourselves out of the situation and think what kind of environment that kid is growing up in that makes him think it's okay to go hurting everyone when you're not supposed to. And by getting out of my own body, by kind of like seeing it from, you know, like a, a hundred foot view, I could see that, you know, we were really the lucky ones. And 
I felt compassion for this child. And I mean, maybe he has the greatest life ever. And this is just his journey. I don't know. I mean, it's whatever story I make up about this person at this point, but that's kind of the point too, is it's just a story we're making up. I can make up two stories or a billion, but I'm going to choose the story that makes me feel better and go, I feel for you. I'm sorry that this is the way you feel you have to be because there's a better way of being. And I hope you find it. Meanwhile, in the moment, it's really hard and you kind of got to balance those things. I agree. And actually you said something really important that I've never quite thought about. And it's that if we're able to get outside of ourselves and feel empathy for someone else, we're in a fortunate position because I think about times in my life where I was at my lowest and I don't think I really was thinking a ton about other people. Cause when you're at the lowest and you're going through a hard time, just trying to make it through. And so having empathy, even the attempt to feel love for another person who has caused harm, it is a privilege. It does make you the lucky one. It means that in that moment, if you can get outside of yourself, you're okay right now. And so if you're not able to feel love for other people, it could be a signal that things need to improve that you're not okay. I've never quite thought about empathy as a privilege, but it is. Yeah. When you frame it like that, absolutely. It's not easy. And you know, you have to have empathy for yourself too. In those lows, which you and I have both had, and we've talked about off recording, it is not an easy process. I mean, for you listening right now, if you're in a situation where you're like, so am I just supposed to forgive the person that's abusing me? It, yes, in time, but you don't have to stay in it either. You have to love yourself first. You have to get yourself out of that situation and then get into a situation that is right for you. I think it's good to talk about the timeline too, for sure. Even you said, you know, this is a uh a day-to-day -day example of the things we all deal with, with children and parenting. But in the moment, no. Later on, driving home with your child, yes. And so we're not saying we all aspire to be Buddhist monks and to meet everyone with love when they harm us. Some people who have hurt you, it might take you years, decades, lots of time to have that little moment where you're like, I wonder if this is what they were going through when they did this to me. Yeah. Do you have any examples of day-to-day -day things that you're, uh, <laughs> that you've been through <laughs> or you, you just, you got the halo above you going? <laughs> yes. I am just a beacon of light every day. <laughs> um, no, when you say like day-to-day, -day, the only thing I can think of, and I don't think I'm at love yet with this are all the moms in the pickup line at school. Good Lord, every day I feel like I go through such deep breathing in the pickup line. And I don't know if I've thought about what those other moms have done that day to make them think that they can make up parking spots and cut me off and do different things. But it does seem like every day the universe is like still trying to feel love in the pickup line, Catherine. Here's another example of something that will test you. So 
my children are in the fourth grade and we record this and I'm I'm still searching for love for the pickup line parents. But yes, that is my day-to-day challenge. It is. I can I can see that. Cars are driving is a weird thing. Like we get in our cars and it's I don't know where my personality goes, but it is not <laughs> the same. I try to set a good example, but it does seem like logic goes out the window for a lot, a lot of humans in these situations. I would think too, in that kind of situation, and I'm just kind of, I don't have the same experience, but I I just kind of think of being cut off when you're driving and how like that happens and you get angry and you take it personally. That person did not drive up to you and think, I'm going to cut Catherine off right now. I know Catherine and I am, I'm going to do this and (laughs) hope not like that's that judgy mom. That's that one that judges all of us in the pickup line. I know her. So, yeah, (laughs) I I just think like when that happens, it's the second we make that kind of stuff personal that we are immediately detached from, you know, from love and from like compassion and all these things. And I wish I could get these quotes right, but I believe it was, it was either Buddha or Rumi. And it said like, holding on to anger is like holding on to a hot coal thinking the other person is going to get hurt. Mm. It's so true. Like we, when you're angry, when you're not in love, which is basically a subset of fear, which we can talk about later, when you are feeling that and you're angry and you're just clenched and not feeling good, you're holding on to that anger you're hurting yourself. You're not hurting the other person. There could be 2 billion people mad at us right now. You know, it's hurting them, not us. Let's talk mornings. Do your mornings suck? Ours used to, so we came up with magic mornings. Whether you wake up with a kid's foot in your face or have a giant dinosaur to walk every morning, we have a simple system to start your morning off right. Head over to 5yearu.com mornings and download it for free. What would you suggest for someone listening, for me when I pick up my kids next week at school, when we feel that burst of anger, that burst of frustration, the advice in this episode is to unlock the secret of life, to find peace, essentially, is to be connected to love, to be in that feeling of love for the people around us. That's the ideal. But how do you get from angry to love. And there are bigger things too. People watching the news, people being very upset about so many sad things in the world. There's so many sad stories. We have reactions to these things as people. What's the steps in between to get there? Well, the first step in all of this, in all of life is to recognize that you are choosing your reality right now. You're choosing your focus you're choosing all of the experiences and your reactions to them. Now, that's really hard. You're probably going, but I'm not the mom driving the whatever car in front of me and doing this. No, you're not. You're also not the other 5 billion cars on the road. You're your car and you are choosing to look at this person and resent them. Mm. And when you're choosing in that moment to hate, to resent, to be sad. First of all, just feel it. We've gone through a lot of uh, emotional therapy in, I've gone through a lot in my life. 
when you have an emotion like anger and you tell yourself, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this right now, that is a guaranteed way to stay locked in that feeling. So let the anger come up. Don't do anything with it if you can. I mean, I, I do not take the foot off the brake and, and hit the accelerator, but do something like just allow yourself like and, and recognize, you know what? I'm angry at this person. And it's like, why would I be angry at this person? I mean, we can do a theta session on you at some point if you want, and we can explore this. But with this kind of stuff, I mean, often it's like, I know for me, when that would happen, I'd be like, who do they think they are getting to do this stuff? It's like, I'm feeling like they're getting to do something that I wish I could do, but I am too good at following the rules to a, yeah, I am too much of a rule follower. That's what it is. They just do whatever they want. Exactly. Maybe I'm just jealous because I'm such a rule follower. Maybe I'm just, ooh, maybe I hit something. Maybe I'm just jealous at the freedom and autonomy they give themselves. In the- that might be it. That is a personal journey. <laughs> but I think the other thing to remember, too, is that the person in the car next to you might not be feeling any of these things. So it really is a you thing. Yeah. It is your choice to look at this event and go, I am choosing anger over love. I am choosing fear over love, sadness, whatever the emotion is. And when you do that, you are making yourself feel worse. You do not feel better when you feel angry. We know that feeling. It's tight. It's like, it's yucky. I mean, that is the most technical word I can come up with is yucky. And I would say though, when you're feeling like this, you just need to let that feeling flow. And, you know, if you can get outside of yourself and go, why do I feel this way? Yeah. What about this? Is it because it's not the person, it's something inside of you is bugging you. And maybe it's that you've been the rule follower your whole life and you just, you just wish you could break the rules. Or maybe it's like you feel that the timing, you get there early on purpose. So you're taking extra time to get there and they don't value your time and you don't, but there's something there. It could be anything. But I think that's a day-to-day example. And I would say some of the harder things, and we're sort of teasing about that, but I think every day is an opportunity to practice for the more challenging events that we get to in our lives. So even if, you know, it kind of seems silly every day that you practice being self-reflective, looking inside yourself, what is this experience triggering inside of me? Why do I feel that way? You are practicing every day for the big events that happen, the big disappointments, the big upsets. And even I will say, and hopefully I can speak for Andrew too, we are both, both of us, highly sensitive people. Yes. Very affected by the world suffering. For me personally, I'm even uh, affected by loud noises, you know, things that are too bright, you know, bright lights, things like that. So I'm just, it's very easy for me to get a sensory overload. So when there are people and children suffering in other parts of the world, and I watch a really sad news story, I'm very deeply affected by that. And so it's not easy for me to jump to love. But what it can do is I have two choices. I can say, Today is a day where I am feeling emotionally overwhelmed because I'm a highly sensitive person. I love this about myself. And that means I'm getting inside the feeling of love for me, for myself. And so because I love myself, I'm going to choose to turn the news off because it is upsetting me. Or another option you can say is, 
the reason I'm feeling upset is because there's so much injustice in the world. I feel helpless that I can't help these children and these people in other parts of the world. So I'm going to do what I can in this moment. And that might be sending a donation, trying to find people who maybe have a family member or something, asking what I can do to help. If I have the energy and the capacity to take a step outside of myself and do something to help. So we're not, you know, advocating, approving, saying, hitting the stamp of approval on like, yes, all this is great. But we are saying, I'm going to move from anger and upset to a higher vibrational feeling, which is love, love for me or taking the next step. So there's all these different situations of things that are upsetting. And there's usually something you can do to get yourself to that next better feeling, which is what we're all trying to do is to experience better emotions day to day. Yeah, exactly. And if you're in a situation where you are in a lower vibration, so like grief or shame or depression, you're not going to go from those levels up to love right away. It just, it's not healthy to do that. It's a, it's a very big roller coaster. So, you know, if you're feeling sad, getting angry is actually a better vibration than feeling sad. We should do a podcast episode on feeling vibrations because that was a game changer for me to learn. Yeah, it was for me too. But all that to say, I'll just summarize it in like uh, Cole's notes. There's a level of vibrations. We're on them all the time and they range from like apathy all the way to joy and bliss and love. The label you give it is really irrelevant. It's the feelings you have, but you know, when you're feeling good and you know, when you're feeling bad. And checking in more is a great tool to kind of go, okay, I'm feeling this way about this thing. And I say this as somebody who never checked in. I was just, okay. I was okay. 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 Until I wasn't. And that forced me to start looking at why I wasn't okay. I recognized that my sister and my dynamic with her now listener, you don't know me. My sister has very severe autism and growing up in the eighties, it's different than what it was now. And my sister in those times through the teen years, she abused me. And when like, she would routinely try to kill me and I did not come to love. This is a new thing for me. I want to clarify that I would see my sister every day. Eventually my parents had to make that choice of having her move out. And I just didn't know. I kind of put it away. I I put it in a box, put the box in the emotional garage and just left it. And then I had to unpack it. It took me time and time and even more time to get to a place where I could go. Why am I holding on to this? She didn't know what she was doing. Like, you know, like when it's severe like that, you just kind of do things and it wasn't personal. It was just my experience. And, you know, I've changed my ways of how I look at a lot of things. And I'm wondering why I would have chosen this experience for this lifetime. And my reality is that I was a very, very loving kid before that I protected my sister. I was like a fierce protector of her. And I recognized that a big part of this was that I had to learn how to come out of fear and anger and sadness and come back to love. And it culminated this year at Christmas because I only see her once or twice a year. She lives in care and it's just being a parent with schedules, whatever else. But I, I took her aside and I know that she can hear me inside, but her communication ability is not there. I took her hand and I told her, I said, 
I love you very much. You're my sister and I care about you. And I forgive you for the things that happened when we were younger. I know that they were not within your control. And she did something that she never did before. She squeezed my hand. Mm. And then we went back into the, into the room. And then later she asked to talk to me again. The first thing she did that time was like, she reached for my hand and she hasn't done that ever. To me, it was a, an example of how coming back to love, it changed everything in a moment. Mm. You made me tear up. I mean, oh, speaking of thanks. very sensitive people, that is a compelling story. Thank <laughs> you very much. It's a, it, so if you're out there right now and you're thinking, well, I can't forgive them and I can't do that. You don't have to, but you're hurting yourself now. 30 years in the making. Yeah. yeah, this is this was a 30 year movie of going through things and ignoring things. So, you know, I know some of you out there, if you're listening and you're thinking this is making me feel uncomfortable, it's probably a sign that you got something you need to look at. You don't have to. Nobody's saying you have to, but we're here to help you grow. And we promise to be raw, real and relatable. And I don't know if that story was super relatable, but it was definitely raw and real. I do think people can relate to childhood hurts or different things that have happened. Those are very foundational years. Certainly people listening can understand challenging family dynamics, whether it's a parent, sibling, child, grown child. Thank you for sharing that. Like I said, it made me cry. But I also, in case no one's told you, Andrew, I wanted you to know that. I'm proud of all the work you've done on yourself and the fact that you were able to get there with your sister and have that moment with her. It's really beautiful. And it's a testament to the amount of growth that you've had over the last couple of years. So good job. Thank you. I was pretty sure my voice was going to tremble at that point because uh, that, that got me, but thank you very much. Of course. Growth is hard, yes. but it doesn't make it not worth it. It's even, The hard things are the things that are worth it the most in life, I believe. So. Well, I think that's a good place to end. I think we've given some tools on how to kind of move through the emotions and examples. And of course, if you put any of these tools into practice, we'd love to hear them. Um, we'd love to be with you on your journey as you grow and as we all navigate through this thing called life. But before we totally end the podcast, we usually end with a glimmer. That was very glimmery what you just said. No, I've got to learn to end on a certain notes and I'm going to end on that one today for myself. But Glimmers are those uh, shining lights that make us feel good. Something that lights us up from the inside out. And uh, what's your glimmer this week, Kat? That was my glimmer too. Just hearing you tell that story and knowing you for as long as I've known you and seeing the transformation that you've gone through in the last few years and seeing you as a man, like get more in touch with your emotions and start feeling your feelings and moving right through the vibrations, all of the things that you've learned and put into practice, that makes me happy to see. It's something to aspire to. So that is also my glimmer for this round. Perfect. Thank you. I just want to say that if you're on your own journey and you want to share it with us, we would love to hear it. You can follow us on social 
or email us at hello at fiveyearu.com. That's five, F-I-V-E, yearu.com. Well, thank you for listening. Remember, it doesn't matter where you started from or where you're coming from. It matters where you're going. And we are rooting for you. 